Fair enough, he says. What about a hotel, then? There's a new one opened up on the seafront, nice and plush. You'd like it. Honestly, Mum's house will be fine, I say firmly. I'm only here for a few days, and anyway, after everything that's happened, it'll be good to spend some time there. Give me the chance to take it all in. Okay, he says. But the offer's there, if you change your mind. Thanks, Paul. He is silent for the rest of the journey, and I look out as we drive through indistinct residential streets, the names of which blur in front of my eyes like ink dissolving in water. My stomach growls and I suddenly feel light-headed. It always happens when I come back here. It's like I'm allergic to the place. Do you mind if I open the window? I ask Paul, praying I don't throw up over his immaculate dashboard. Go ahead, he says, gesturing to the button by the door handle. That's better, I sigh, as a flurry of cold air hits my face, though the pungent fishy scent doesn't help. I put my hand in my pocket and run my fingers along the reassuring smooth surface of my lucky pen. The pen, a beautiful silver fountain pen inscribed with my name, was a gift from Chris on our first anniversary. It has been everywhere with me. Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, Congo. Whenever I touch it, I know I'm safe. It's so quiet, I whisper, tucking the pen back into my pocket as the car crawls up the hill towards Smythely Road. I'd forgotten the blanket of silence that descends on the town at night. As I look out, I imagine the inhabitants of Smythely Road cocooned in their beds, like the characters in the Edgar Allan Poe stories I devoured as a child, lost in their little slices of death. This had been my childhood home, this silent world. Here we are, says Paul as he stops the car. His voice makes me jump, and I look up at the house we have parked outside. Number 46. A lifeless 1930s semi with greying pebble dash that had once been sparkling white. I still remember the telephone number. 654345. And my childhood mantra... My name is Kate Rafter, and I live at number 46 Smythley Road with my mummy and daddy and my sister, Sally. My eyes moisten, but I blink the tears away, reminding myself that the first step is always the hardest. As I open the door and step out onto the pavement, my lungs contract like the prelude to a bout of coughing, and I have to steady myself by placing my hands on the car bonnet. It's just a week, that's all, I tell myself. A few days of sea air and signing mum's papers, and then back to work, back to normal. You okay? Paul is standing behind me. He lifts the rucksack from my shoulder and guides me towards the house. I'm fine. Paul, just tired. Are you sure I can't persuade you to book into a hotel? No, honestly, 
I say as we walk up the drive. I just need a good night's sleep, that's all. Well, you'll get one here, I'm sure, he says breezily. It's nice and peaceful. Don't know how you manage it, jumping from one hellhole to the next. I'd be wrecked. I smile ruefully. That's all that matters to most people, getting a good night's sleep. I imagine Paul, in Homs or Aleppo, snoring his head off while all around him people fight to stay alive. I stand on the doorstep, staring at the door. It still feels inconceivable that my mother is not behind it, the smell of baking wafting in her wake. My mother was that house. It was the only world she knew. I'll leave you to it, says Paul, interrupting my thoughts.